0: As you take your seats this morning, I would encourage you to get your Bible or your electronic device and turn to John chapter 3. Uh, I wished I had more time this morning. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to get used to this whole hour-long service. Um, you know, where I was at before, 40 to 45 minutes was the minimum that we taught on a Sunday morning from the pulpit. So, squeezing everything into 25 minutes, I've got to talk really, really fast or cut a lot of things out, so uh, we're going to move pretty quickly this morning, Uh, but we are super excited to be here. It's been about six weeks uh, since we moved in, and it feels like home already for us. Uh, Our kids seem like this has been where they've been their whole lives, Um, maybe with the exception of Coralie with Kenny. uh, She still kind of does the bubble around Kenny every once in a while, Uh, so, you know, we'll eventually winter over i guess i'm not i'm not sure um but this morning um i ha, have you ever heard these little funny statements if you go into your garage and stand where there should be a car and go vroom 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 it doesn't make you a mustang you know if you change the oil in your car it doesn't make you a mechanic uh yeah you, you know you're you got that wrong. Uh, if you can change a light bulb, it doesn't make you an electrician. You know, there's so many of those little things. Uh, a lot of times what we say we are is what we do. It's not what we do is, or I got that wrong. What we do is who we try to make ourselves to be, if that makes sense. Teenagers have perfected this. I don't, I don't know if any teenage parents can vouch for this, but they're one way and one place. One way with another group of friends and another way. I mean, it's like they are chameleons everywhere they go. They're constantly changing. They're constantly being different. It's hard to really peg down who they really are. So this morning, as we dive in, starting in verse two, want to ask these uh, these two questions to you. Who are you? What defines you? What 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 marks you? What what makes you you? And probably even a better question this morning is, whose are you? John begins in verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John was baptizing in Anon, near Salem, because water was plentiful there and people were coming to be baptized, for John had not yet been put into prison. So to set the stage a little bit, John is not like the other three Gospels or the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, John is kind of going and hitting the high points. If he did every story that he ever encountered with Jesus, there would not be enough books, there would not be enough paper. Uh, so they have left, Jesus has left the big city with all the hustle and bustle and all the distractions to spend possibly several months with his disciples, uh, just focusing on preaching the word and baptizing. Um, a couple of things here. This, this uh, idea of people coming is like a steady stream of people. It's not just one here or one there. Um, also, I, I didn't catch this until several months Did you know that Jesus didn't baptize? It was his disciples. We see this in John chapter four, verse two. Um, he is, for whatever reasons, he has come in and said, "You know what? I'm, I'm going to teach. You're going to baptize." And and I guess that this may be a little bit of the discussion, the argument that we'll talk about in just a minute. But wouldn't it be really weird for someone to say, "Oh, I'm I'm the only one that's had the true baptism and the water with Jesus"? If he was the one, if he only baptized one. So that's, that's why there's not, uh, where well, we don't see Jesus baptizing a lot or at all. Um, we also see that this is unusual. This is not Christian baptism. This is um, a, a repentive baptism. This is not a salvation thing. Judaism, it was not common for people to be baptized. It was only if you were a proselyte of, of a Jew that you would be baptized. That was kind of the transformation. So we're, we're kind of in a weird period here, and most likely 1 John comes before this book that we have. So uh, verse 25 says, Now a discussion rose between some of John's disciples and a Jew. Some of your translations may say Jews as plural. Um, I wished I could tell you what this discussion was. Um, some translations kind of lean to the fact that there was an argument that broke out. Um, I like how it uses "discussion" and ESV uh, because it's probably like a Baptist. We, we see this discussion pop up and most likely it is over Jewish ritual, not over uh, someone doing this or that wrong. Um, it's probably a lot like going to a Baptist business meeting. And someone standing up and going, well, we've never done it that way. You ever heard that? That can sure start some discussions in a business meeting, can it? So we have this discussion. We don't know what it is. Uh, We never may know what it is. Um, But it comes and goes so quickly that it's probably a secondary issue. And Jesus just, John and Jesus just keep going. So in verse 26, it says, and they came to John and said, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. So at some point, the disciples start to notice that their steady stream of baptisms for John has become less and less and less. And there's probably a grumbling in the camp. They are discussing what's going on, what what's happening. I mean, it, it's like when somebody goes and visits a church one Sunday, and the whole town knows about it. You know, there starts to be this grumbling. Well, are you unhappy here? What's going on? Like I don't know. You know, there there starts to be a little bit of yeast spread, and it, it, it's amazing because they get so burn up and angry and mad that they just they have to go ask the question, John, does this not bother you? What I mean, this man that you baptized and that you sent out is now across the Jordan and he's baptizing and everybody's going to him, everybody. And John looks at them and, and reminds them, I mean, every, every so often in the book of John, you see him go back to this statement, I am not the Messiah. I'm not the one people are supposed to follow. I'm the one that came to bear witness, make straight the way of the Lord. So here's his, here's his answer, starting in verse 27. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. So John knows his purpose. John knows that there is not anything he can do because where's he from? He's from earth. Jesus is from heaven. He's sent here for us. So he starts out making that statement. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ. But I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. It's kind of a strange statement from a man that has been baptizing and proclaiming Jesus' is coming and now he is on the scene and he begins to turn the importance of what he has been doing to Jesus. He knows who he is. He knows whose he is. And it's amazing to me that the disciples got so caught up in the fact that their numbers had dwindled and John was going, praise God. My time, my importance is no more, and now it is on to Jesus. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is here. Everybody was waiting for this conquering king, this political leader, this strong man, and it turns out to be totally different, didn't it? But John knew from childhood who he was. Anybody remember the first encounter when Jesus' name was, or, or when Mary came and John leapt in his mother's womb. He probably danced on her bladder for a little while. He knew. He knew who he was. He didn't have to ask any questions. He didn't have to get all tied up in it. He, he knew who he was. I don't know how I'm going to do this one-handed, but I'm going to try. But several, several years ago, I got the opportunity to read this little book, Are You My Mother?, to Abigail, and uh, I hope that this makes sense as we go through this. A mother bird sat on her egg. The egg jumped. I must get something for my baby bird to eat, she said. So she went away. Inside the nest, the egg jumped. It jumped and jumped and jumped until out came a baby bird. Where is my mother, he said. He did not see her anywhere. I will go and look for her, he said. Out of the nest, he went down, 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 plop. The baby bird could not fly, but he could walk. Now I will go and find my mother, he said. Are you my mother, the baby bird asked a kitten. The kitten just looked and looked and did not say a thing. Are you my mother, the baby bird asked a hen. No, said the hen. Are you my mother, the baby bird asked a dog. I am not your mother, I am a dog, said the dog. Are you my mother, the baby bird asked a cow. How could I be your mother, said the cow. I am a cow. The baby bird stopped to think the kitten and the hen were not his mother. The dog and the cow were not his mother. I have a mother, said the baby bird. I know I do. I will find her. I will. I will. Just then the baby bird saw a big thing. You are my mother, he said. The big thing said, snort. Oh, no, said the baby bird. You are not my mother. You are a scary snort. The snort lifted the baby bird up. Up, up. Then something happened. The snort put the baby bird right back in the tree. The baby bird was home. Just then the mother bird came back. I know who you are, said the baby bird. You are not a kitten. See, the, the bird kinda, baby bird kind of wised up a little bit, didn't it? You're not a kitten or a hen or a dog. You're not a cow or a snort. You are a bird and you are my mother. It's amazing that a little bitty kid's book can challenge us to look to see whose we are. This baby bird was like John. It fi- He finally figured out who he belonged to, who he is. Why aren't we that way? Do we know who we are? Do we know whose we are? Do we know who we belong to? A lot of us try to define ourselves with the things that we have, the things that we own, the things that we like to do, and we miss out on the biggest blessing to know that we're His. And We don't have this complicated thing to go through to figure out who we are. Eric Erickson coined the term, that kind of sounds like a wrestler, you know, I don't know why, but every time I say that name, I think like, you know, WWE wrestler coming out in boots and, you know, a mask and everything. But this guy was a, a psychologist, and he coined the term identity crisis at the beginning of World War II. That amazes me that we've had an identity crisis that's just grown more and more and more. I mean, you, you find people that will go and they'll play a certain sport, And they make that sport define them. Should that define us? I'm His. I'm a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yes, I have my mother and I know who my mother is. Yes, I have a father and I know who my father is. But that doesn't define me. My family doesn't define me. Because this is not just what we do. This is who I am can't be anybody different there's been a scary thought in my head for the last few years that you know if god started to move me out of ministry and move me into something else i don't know if i could do it because i know this is what god designed me to do john said the same thing he knew that he was the best man he wasn't the bride or the bridegroom he was waiting to hear the voice of the bridegroom, and now he can rejoice. Reverend Mark Dodds says this in the expository Bible commentary. John's joy was full as he watched the crowds leave him for Jesus. The joy of the bridegroom's friend who arranges the marriage, and this joy is attained in Christ welcoming to himself the people whom John had prepared for him and directed to him. Shouldn't that be the description we have? As a church, it doesn't matter what people bring in of baggage or or, or who is the person that comes in the back door on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or any time in one of our community groups. Shouldn't we love them? Shouldn't we care for them? Shouldn't we be the nurses and the doctors and, and, and the listening ears? Shouldn't we be the people that are ready to escort this person to know who Christ is? Don't we get joy when that happens? Have any of you ever led someone to Christ? When it happens, you're 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 ready to tell everybody, even if this person's like, shh, just, just calm down. I mean, I can remember one one of the times that I led a, a lady to Christ. She was in a swimming pool in her apartment complex, and she looked at me. She said, "Now, when can I get baptized?" And I was like, "How about right now? You're already in the pool. Let's do it." And the people around me were like, what, what just happened? I mean, I was excited. I was ready to swim laps with a lady, whatever it took. That was so fulfilling to do what I was called to do, to be John the Baptist. To point people to who Christ is and what He wants to do in their hearts and lives. I have no power and authority to do that. If we look at the last statement in this this passage, we get this profound thing that we should leave out here with. So if you don't leave with anything else, leave with this. Verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. In Texas, we have this favorite, favorite word. Like, you know, we have big O and some of those words. But there's a word that most of us in Texas use at some point in time. And other states, when we say this, they look at us and go, what are you about to fix? I mean, have ever said I'm fixing to. You say that often. You know, every once in a while my alarm goes off and I say I'm fixing to get out of there. You know, I, I'm I, I'm not sure I want to get out yet. John says he must, which implies that John must, right? He says I must. He must increase. I must decrease. God has to become more important than me. We don't have to worry about who we're supposed to be because we know who we belong to. We don't have to be tied up in this identity crisis. If we do what this scripture says every day, we must become more and more and more Christ like. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see you? Any of you remember what you looked like when you were a teenager? When you were a lot younger? Was it the same person? Just looked a little bit different, didn't it? This is what we're talking about, this transition. I'm glad Hannah wrote, read this passage from Romans. We have to remove ourselves and become living sacrifices. Sacrifices. People shouldn't see us when they see us. They should see Christ. People shouldn't hear us when we speak. They should hear Christ. Everywhere we go, everything we do, that person that's in the cubicle beside you should hear Christ, not you. The person down the hallway should see Christ, not you. Grandparents should live in a way that it shows their grandkids Christ. Parents should lead in a way that it shows them Christ. We must become less and less, and he must become more and more important. This morning, I pray that something that was said hits home. And I pray that we, as Christians, will begin to live outside of our comfort zone and to leave all the control and all this confusion and follow him. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful that we can come into your house this morning and worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, this morning I pray that there was a challenge set before us that we must decrease and you must increase. Father, I pray that we are like the best man of the wedding. That we're excited when people finally come to know who you are. And we can move out of the way and they can see your power and your authority. Father, this morning I pray that you will give us the words to say the heart to be able to be ready to answer your call, that we will be able to share with people who you are. So, Father, this morning, as we continue to worship your name, I pray that we will focus on who you are. In your precious and holy name we pray.